lesson is taken from the 58th chapter of Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. Your Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places. 
and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Here ends the first lesson. We will now read responsively Psalm 112, verses 1 through 9. Hallelujah, happy are they who fear the Lord and have great delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in their house, and their righteousness will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. The righteous are merciful and full of compassion. It is good for them to be generous in lending and to manage their affairs with justice. They will not be afraid of any evil rumors. Their heart is right. They put their trust in the Lord. Their heart is established and will not shrink until they seek their desire among their enemies. They have given freely to the poor, and their righteousness stands fast forever. They will hold up their head with honor. The second lesson is taken from the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish, but we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within. So also, no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. Here ends the second lesson. ask you to stand for the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? 
It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. The children's message, are there, there are children that are willing to come forward? Okay, great. Thank you. You did a good job handing out the um, bulletins too today. Weren't you doing that? Yeah, you were doing that. Just the two of us? Okay. May the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. When... When we look around there, we see a lot of colors here, don't we, in the church? So you have a, would you call that kind of a form of pink? Red. Red, okay. I've got red and green. Um, when we look back at the, the, paint, the stained glass, you have so many colors there, blue, green, and um, yellow. So the, the church is a plate, there's gold. The church is a place of color, and the colors change through the year. Did, did you notice? I'm sure you did notice that. Right now, the color that's, that we see in the chancel area is green. We're in the season of Epiphany, and the season of Epiphany is of the green. So the seasons change. Um, I'm gonna, I want to give you a pen in a minute, but why I like this pen is it has most of the colors of the church here. Not, well, I'll explain that in just a minute. So, and it's very easy to use. You just, you'll have no trouble. You just press it down, but you can write in a lot of colors. So there's the green. And green means, in the church calendar, it means growth in faith. We'll have green again from, oh boy, from Holy Trinity, after Holy Trinity, all the way to November. Much of the summer is green for growth, the season of Pentecost. There'll be a few variations in there with Reformation and other Saints Day, but the green is the most prevalent color that we use in the church. So we, after the, okay, well, let's just go that way. So we go from green, and then we enter Advent, and that color is a blue. And there's an, a little blue um, point of a pen. And blue in the church means hope. And this, those four Sundays of, in preparation for Christmas, the blue is this reminder of, of our hope in the coming of Christ. On Christmas, 
we would be in, in white, and the, I don't have a white ink uh, cartridge in here, so I'm, orange. I'm going to have to ask you to remember that orange can also mean white for our part purpose, but it, orange is related also to gold. Orange and gold and white are Easter. So um, that would be a way to remember the white season with this orange, which really when you write with it, does look kind of gold. Um, other occasions for the white are Epiphany and uh, I said Christmas, and of course Easter and the Easter season. After Easter, again then we, um, you know, I, I'm going in order of the colors, that wasn't my plan. When we prepare for Easter, we're almost there, we'll be in season of Lent, the color will be purple, and purple will be for our sorrow for sin. On Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, the color is black in the church, um, reminding us of Christ's suffering and, and the reality of death. That's the black. Uh, red is, I think, the final color. Red is on Pentecost, the day the gift of the Holy Spirit, a major festival. And red is also on the days of uh, the saints, the martyrs. And some of these um, that you have here of the disciples are ones that have been martyred. And that when their day comes, we would use red. On Pentecost, it's the, it's the fire of the Holy Spirit. So I've been playing with this one. I'm going to let you have that, remind you of the lessons, no, remind you of the colors of the of the church year and, and the beauty that surrounds us. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God be with you always. Amen. Thank you for coming down. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and true to the Holy Gospel, that we may recognize that the Spirit, your Holy Spirit, is within us and all people and recognize the humanity that we share. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. The funeral of Tyree Nichols on February 1st at the Mississippi Boulevard Christian Church in Memphis, Tennessee was a moving event. Tyree was the 29-year-old black man who had been arrested by five Memphis police officers on January 7th, had, was brutally beaten and later died. And at the funeral service, civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who represents the Nichols family, asked a question that relates to every one of these lessons. He asked, why couldn't those police officers see the humanity in Tyree? An amazing question in the face of such horrible violence. Why couldn't they see his humanity? Can we see the humanity we share with each other and with all people? The second lesson from Corinthians reminds us of the spirit within us not just some of us, all of us. And so that is one of the deep reasons we would want to respect the humanity of each other. Like us, Israel was having a lot of problems with that very question 
about humanity do we respect each other in Isaiah 58? For us, Jesus answers that very question in Matthew 5 in this lesson today. And to us, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 reminds us of what we have received from God. God, our Creator, has given us life. Jesus, our Savior, is the Savior of all people. Our Advocate, the Holy Spirit, is the Advocate of everyone, not some. The words from Isaiah, this lesson, come from Jerusalem and date after 537 B.C. when the Jewish exiles held in Babylon for 50 years are returning home. 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 That's where Tyree Nichols wanted to go that night as he called out to his mother, who, as you know, was not very far away. The Jewish returnees expected a glorious restoration of what they had in the past, their homeland, their safe homes, safety, and the blessings from Almighty God. But instead, as they came home after that captivity, it's like they hadn't really learned a whole lot. They were uh, frustrated by many hardships. After those years away, now at home, they're troubled by the emptiness and ineffectiveness of their faith. They don't feel like their worship of God or their prayers are effective, and it seems like God is not responding to them. The prophet who speaks to them, no, the prophet who shouts to them, is named Third Isaiah. And in chapter 58, verse 1, God calls this prophet to shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Those prophetic words of this prophet form a long and challenging concrete word from God addressed to a community in deep conflict, a community not unable to see the humanity of each other, unable to acknowledge the humanity they share with each other and all people. They were having trouble seeing it. The prophet calls for a time of ethical behavior among them, which shows and lives out honor for all people, recognizes the humanity of all people, shares affirmation of all people, and praises the Creator who formed us all and placed us here, not by chance, but for reason. Ethical behavior which is kind to the neighbor and stranger, ethical behavior which fosters practices righteousness, that is, right relationships with just relationships, caring and serving relationships with each other and all people. For Israel, the problem, put simply, is that how they worshipped did not reflect how they lived. So whatever was happening in the synagogue and in the temple, they were forgetting when they got out into the streets of Jerusalem. And when they were among their fellow human beings, that worship was having no impact. And they thought that was God's fault. 
So their worship, the Word of God, the, the law of God, the love of God did not transform the people. This is all about transformation, this worship, this meal, these prayers, and the beautiful music is about going out of here transformed. I mean, having grown in faith. It wasn't happening for them. What was happening was that their hearts were harder and their minds were closing. And they blamed God for their own inability to worship and then practice their faith. The word they hear from God through third Isaiah is also addressed to us. You act as if you are a nation of righteousness and did not forsake the obedience of your God. The people say back, they ask God, why do we fast but you don't see it? Why do we humble ourselves but you don't notice, God? And through the prophet, God answers in some profound words that we heard read earlier. God answers, look, you serve your own interests on your own fast day. You oppose all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel, to fight, and to strike back with the wicked fist. Such fasting that you too today will not make your voice heard on high. God is saying, is not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice to undo the thongs of the yoke, to lift the oppressed and let them go free, to break every yoke. The yoke bearer is Jesus. That yoke has been broken in his death and resurrection, but it took a death to break it. And we are not here to create new yokes for the people all the people that Jesus died for as Savior of the world. The prophet goes on, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like a dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Then you shall call on the Lord and he will answer. You shall cry for help and God will say to you, here I am. If you remove the yoke, if you stop the pointing of the finger, stop the speaking of evil, if you satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. And this is a, an amazing ending, I think. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the people who fix those cracks and those broken places. You shall be called restorers of streets to live in, safe streets to live in. These words are directed to us all and call us to see the humanity we share with each other and all people. 
so that instead of violence to others, we remove the yoke. We do not point the finger nor speak evil. Instead, we honor and see the humanity of all by repairing the breach and restoring the streets to live in safely. Safe streets, like in Memphis, Tennessee, or the San Francisco Bay Area, or Oakland, or so many streets we could name. Safe streets like the battered streets of Ukraine. Safety in all the streets, in all the towns, in all the cities, wherever people live, is our call. Your call from God to you to be a restorer of streets that are safe to live in as much as it depends on you. And it does on each of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, now we have all received not just the spirit of the world, but we've received the spirit that is from God so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God so that we are with the spirit of God within us as all people are. And that fruit of the spirit, I think you know, we can recognize it. Love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Isn't that the question that we started with? Why couldn't the officers seen humanity and had self-control, a gift of the Holy Spirit? These gifts guide us to live seeing and honoring each other and all people with love and mercy. And all these words, almost every one of them, describe what Jesus means when he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Don't take that as something you've heard all your life and can't be because you are. And if any of us stop doing that, being that, the whole earth suffers. Salt is essential and necessary for our lives and the functioning of our bodies. Although we do watch it's how much we take in because we probably take too much salt in, it's very important in our lives. Transporting nutrients and oxygen in our bodies, helping to transmit nerve impulses and move our muscles. So when Jesus says, you are salt, he's saying, you are necessary. You're not here by chance. You are necessary for the whole world for its functioning, vital for the life of the world. You, the unique person you are, living as God made you and gifted you, are of great value to the whole garden. Your deeds of love and your deeds of mercy may touch people close here, but whenever you touch someone close here, you are sending a ripple out into the whole garden. Don't underestimate that. A little kind deed here stretches out everywhere. That's what our Lord means. That's what he calls us to be and do. 
as light that comes from Jesus, we don't hide that light. We allow Christ to shine. Our saltiness and our ability to be light comes from Jesus as gift and message and truth meant for all people everywhere. All are invited, all are welcomed, all are gifted, all are valued, all are affirmed. No life should be cut short by violence, then we all suffer. We are called to see, to honor, to value, and protect the humanity of each other and of all people so that the fullness of each person's life will be salt and light for us all and that they may have a full life. In the name of Jesus, amen. The blessing of Almighty God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen.